So this morning, I want to talk to you about um, too tough to tame, and we're going to talk about, now, some of you right now, now be honest, about a third of you are going, oh, my Lord, he's fixing to talk about the Rolling Stones and rock and roll. Another group of you are going, dude, he's fixing to talk about the Rolling Stones and rock and roll. And the rest of you are trying to figure out which one of the Robertson brothers I am off of uh, Duck Dynasty. So, um, but uh, we're going to talk this morning about two depths of tape. We're going to talk about the tongue. Uh, in the book of James, they talk about the, the tongue and things. But we're going to talk about this. You probably grew up and you heard this phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's the biggest lie that your parents ever told you, okay? Uh, at least it was for me. Because, you know, although words can't do me physical damage, how many of you guys know words can hurt really badly? Words are things that, that, that they cut deeply. They're things that, and, and it's those kind of wounds that you can't see visibly. You know, if, uh, if, if I cut myself, uh, I, I know where it is, and, and, and I can treat it, and I can cover it, and I can watch it, but those wounds that are underneath, nobody else sees them, and they're there. And, and so that's what we're going to talk today. We're going to talk about words a little bit. Um, in James chapter 3, it says, a bit in the mouth of the horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. God, today we come before you, and I just ask that as we bring the word, as, as I share the word that you placed in my heart this week, God, that you would, you would let it be real, that my opinions would, would just fall to the wayside, and that we would just simply talk about what your word says, God, and you would challenge our hearts that we could be better versions of you, God, because you want us to be, you want me to be Jesus in a Jeff suit to everybody that I come in contact with. And so I just pray that you would help us to do that and challenge our hearts in your awesome and beautiful and matchless name. Amen. So, you know, Words are the things that, you know, we, we talk about things, and especially today with things like Facebook. Uh, you know, I, I, I've teased, I've told my wife several occasions, I'm going to start buying people laundry hampers for Christmas because, and tell them your dirty laundry goes in here and not on Facebook. But uh, um, some of you got that, and the rest of you are like, what? Um, you might want to go check your Facebook page. But anyway, uh, so... Um, but, you know, there are things, especially with Facebook, especially all kind of things, we put stuff out there. We say words. We've gotten to the point, you know, growing up, and, and a lot of you guys that are, that are my age or, or maybe a little bit older, you remember there are things that we just didn't talk about, and there are things that we didn't say, and there are things that, and, and nowadays, and, and my parents used to tell me that, you know, some of the things that we said as teenagers, that, you know, that, that those aren't things that we said, and, and now these teenagers today, they're, one day they're going to have kids, God forbid, and, 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 and they're going to tell their kids, you know, these are things, you know, there are things that don't do it, but we've gotten so, we've gotten to where our words, we just say things, and, and, and we get to the point that we just spit things out without even thinking sometimes, and, and, and especially with tweets, and with, uh, with text, and with Snapchat, and all these things, you know, we, we take pictures, we shoot messages out, and, and we don't even take time to think about what we say a lot of times, and this is what James is saying, is that the tongue is the smallest thing, and, and, and that's where we get this from. It talks about too tough to tame, that no man can do it, that the tongue, although it's the, one of the smallest parts of the body is one of the most powerful, and it's one that we have the most trouble containing. So I want to talk to you just a couple of things today about, about our tongue and about the words that we use. I want you to know that, that, number one, the words that you speak can give life to people. The words that you speak can, can, can bring life. Everyone needs encouragement, and correction doesn't always have to be harsh. Now, here's the thing. Um, 
uh, as uh, I, I was a music major in college, and so um, one of the things that they, uh, I, I think it was kind of tradition, is they enjoyed like being really mean about stuff, you know, like, no, do it again. Or, you know, uh, I had a piano teacher that used to have, he used to have a ruler and he sat to the side. And as you, and if your hands, you know, if you didn't hold your hands properly, if you rich your hands, he slapped the back of the hands of the ruler. Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, anybody want to be a music major now? Just don't, but, uh, it doesn't pay much either. So don't do that. But, uh, you, you can laugh. Okay. It's, 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 Feel free to laugh. Any, anything I say, laugh. If it's not intended to be funny and you laugh, I'm going to pretend it was. So it's okay. We're, I believe if you can't have fun in church, then heaven's going to be a drag, okay? So, you know, I, I, I think we should have fun when we get together and talk about God. Um, everyone needs encouragement. Have you ever just had a day, you get to work, and you feel like everything that you're doing is wrong, and you feel like, you know, you, nothing's going right? Maybe you got into an argument with your kids or your spouse or something that morning. Maybe... Uh, Somebody cut you off in traffic or wouldn't let you over, and, you know, you gave them the one-way-to-Jesus symbol with the wrong finger and, you know, or whatever, and, 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 and you get to work, and it just seems like nothing's going right, and your boss comes in and says, hey, that was a good job on that report you did. Hey, that was a really good job on that thing you did. Everything else just kind of melts away. Anybody ever had, some of you guys are like, I've never had that happen. I don't know what that feels like. But those of you, you know, when, when somebody comes in, or maybe, maybe wives, and, and, and this probably happens rarely, but, you know, you come in and your husband says, is that a new dress? It looks really nice on you. And you're like, I've had this thing for 25 years. You don't know what the, you know, but uh, because, you know, as guys, we are very observant like that sometimes. But, you know, those little things like that, they, they, they make everything else fade away because that encouragement, that compliment. When somebody comes up and they say, hey, that was really nice. Um, just this past week, uh, we were doing a, I worked for a company that installed audio and visual systems and, and, uh, things. And we were working at the Alabama school of fine arts. And, um, so between takes, there's a piano in the corner. Now, pianos and me are kind of like kids in mud puddles. I just, I'm drawn to them. I have to sit down and start to mess with them. And so I sat down and, and, and we were playing, we, we were on a break. And so I was sitting there playing and, uh, and, and one of the dance instructors walks in. We were working in one of the dance studios, and the dance instructor walks in, and I just knew she was fixing to say, stop, just please stop. But she walked in, and, and she, said, she said, you really played beautifully. That was great. And let me tell you, it made everything else fall away. It, it, all of a sudden, I felt like this tall and this thin. You know, I, I just... I've. I felt really good all of a sudden. Everything else, you know, just, just seemed to fade away. Words of encouragement. And this is what the Bible tells us is that words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit, and you choose. And so, see, here's the thing. Sometimes we, 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 we need to correct. People need correction. I need correction. You need correction. Our kids need correction. People need correction. But correction doesn't always have to be extremely harsh. There are times that we can love people and correct them at the same time. Now, it doesn't mean that we're like, you, you know the parents. I'm sure none of you are, but you know the parents. You've seen the ones. Don't you do that. If you do that again, I'm, I don't do that. And, you know, and, and there's never any, and, and where you stand on, on, you know, on spanking, whatever, this has nothing to do with that. This is just simply the way that we do it. Because there are also parents, you've seen them. They're usually in Walmart, usually the next aisle over from where I am, and they're going, hey, quit that! <laughs> I'm going to rip your arms off and beat you with them if you don't stop. There can be a happy ground. There can be a happy medium in there. 
The words that we use and the words that we speak, the way that we say things. You know, that's, that's something my mom always used to say to my dad was uh, my, my dad grew up on a dairy farm in South Alabama and, and he's, you know, and he, he talk, you know, he, he sounds like because his, you know, he, he doesn't always get the nuances. He just says what's on his mind. And, and my mom, who uh, my, my personality is very much like my mom's was. And, uh, that, uh, and, and so, you know, that's one thing she always told him is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. If I go to the doctor, I, I went to the doctor back in, I think, February or so, and, uh, and I went in, and he told me, he said, he said your blood sugar's high, he said, you have diabetes, um, you need to, and, and, and he, he, we were just straight, and he said, you need to lose some weight, you need to go on a diet, you need to, he said, if you do these things, you, you, can, you may can avoid having to go on medication and, and some of the complications and things. And so I took it to heart, and I really started, you know, working on that. Now, now because he talked to me like that, it really struck home, and he said, you know, you got, you know, I see here you got a wife and kids and stuff. You want to be around for them. You don't want to do that, and, and, and it hit a note. Now, had he walked in and go, dude, you are fat, it may not have hit the same thing, you know? Had he come in and said, oh, whoo, you need to lose about 100 pounds, buddy, you know, then it doesn't always strike the same thing, and the words that we say and the way that we say things can be much the same. Words of encouragement. We can still correct people without coming down on them and telling them how stupid they are. Without coming on them and telling them that, you know, I can't believe you did that again. Um, my son works with me, so he's probably thinking, you need to take that into account when I'm working with you, Dad. But uh, <laughs> words can bring life or words can bring death. Words can also bring death. Words can kill. Words can break the spirit and kill dreams before they're ever fully formed. James says, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. Anybody else think about Smokey Bear when you read that? Am I the only? To set off a forest fire, a careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do just that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. You think James is kind of getting serious here that the words that you say, words that we do, they can do things. You see, we can kill dreams. We can kill people and break people's future by simply saying something. And you know what? We may never even realize what we've said. Words are so important. The way, and, and, and this is straight from the Bible. This isn't just, this isn't just some you know, liberal-hearted you know, musician, sissy guy up here that's trying to tell you these things. This is some, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. The words that we say, words can live, words can bring life, or words can bring death. I grew up, and uh, I had several adults in my life, parents and grandparents and teachers and things that that, that really shaped a lot of what I do. And uh, I fell in love with music when I was about, probably about eight years old. And I started singing and things in church. I started playing drums in church when I was about 12. And I got in band at school. And then we started doing things. And, and I decided, I felt called, or, or, you know, I felt like God wanted me in the ministry, however you want to put it, when I was about 10 years old. And uh, about 12 is when I really fell in love with music and, and felt like that's what God wanted me to do, was to be a musician. And so I started, uh, I started doing that. Well, um, it came time to go to college, and uh, one of the adults in my life didn't want me to waste my time as a music major. Uh, and, 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 and this person had a point, because uh, if there's any young aspiring musicians out there, if you can do something else to be happy, do it, because you're not going to make any money playing music, okay? Um, at least I'm not. I'm just telling you. Uh, 
And this person loved me, and that's what they wanted, but, but here's what they said. I told them I wanted to be, this, this was my desire, this was what I felt my calling was, and their words to me were, I've heard you and you're not that good. You really need to do something else. And for the rest of my life, I worked as hard as I could to prove that wrong. And the problem is every time, and I, I've, had, I've been blessed, I've had the opportunity to lead worship, you know, in, in large churches in other countries to do some things, and, and every time I stood up, it seems like in the biggest moments in, in my ear I heard, you're not that good. And those words were something that I fought against for years, and I dealt with for years to try to have to overcome the thought that, you know what, you're good, but you're not that good. And the enemy would love nothing more than for you to have those words in your mind and in your heart so that when somebody, when so, and, and here's the thing, we say things like that, this person loved me and I have a relationship with this person to this day and this person, he and I talked about it at one point and, and, and when they understood how deeply it hurt, they were, I didn't intend that. But we say things without even thinking and we snap, are you stupid? Immediately, with the thought is, maybe I'm stupid. I can't believe you do that. Are you going to wear that? You don't have the body to wear that. Now, some of those sometimes those things are true, but um, but it's the way we say it, okay? And we say things, and we just snap out, and we say things. You know, women, uh, young women today, because of TV and because of of media and everything, they are so. They, they have so much to deal with about appearance and about the way they should look and the way they should dress. And when we as adults sometimes just, just, just blatantly rip stuff off, you look like a tramp in that. Immediately, maybe I should be a tramp. Maybe I'm a tramp. Now, that may sound simplistic to you, but I'm telling you, all it took was for a person to say, I've heard you, you're good, you're not that good. And for years, it held me from being able to do some things that I really wanted to do. And I'm telling you, we say things and we do things, and those words, those words can bring death. It only takes a spark to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth will do just that. And as Christians, as Christians, we are called, as being, you know, followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, we are called to be different. We're called, you know, there's a Bible verse that says we are a peculiar people. And some of us are more peculiar than others. But, but we're peculiar people. It means that we're different. God calls us to be set apart. God wants us to be something that we're not supposed to be just like everything else. Now, I'm not saying everybody should, bring, should go home and start wearing robes and sandals and, and, you know, wear long hair or whatever. You know, I'm just telling you, God wants us to be different. We're supposed to be in the world and not of it. And God has called us because the words that we say and the things that we do, are things that, that cause others to stumble. And it's not just that words can bring life and words can bring death. And it's not just the words that, that we say with authority, but it's every idle word. There, there are verses in the Bible that uh, I wish I could take out. Anybody have some of those that there are verses that, you know, if you could and you knew you could, you could just like tear that page out, and I'm, I'm not going to stick at that one. Uh, and, and this is one of those verses for me. In the King James, I, I grew up, uh, I went to a, a Christian school when I was in grammar school, and so we learned everything in King James. 
Um, so a lot of stuff I've memorized, if I quote it in King James, and it doesn't sound like this because of that. And so, but it said that you will be judged by every idle word that comes out of your mouth, is what King James says. I love the Message Bible, and I use it because it's plain English for those of us who are dumb. Uh, you have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you're a soul foul-minded? It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is a blight on the orchard. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful, so take them seriously. Words can be your salvation, but words can also be your damnation. See, this is one of those verses that I just wish, you know, Jesus was like, "Eh, can we just lose that one? Because every, think about it, every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Think about the things that, that, that just roll off your tongue sometimes when you're, when you're driving down the interstate and somebody cuts you off in traffic. Think about the things that happen when, when you're, uh, you're working, you know, and you hit your thumb with a hammer. Think about the things that happen when stuff goes wrong. Things that without even thinking just roll off our tongue, that we say without even thinking. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth There will be a day of reckoning. Words are so powerful, take them seriously. They could be your salvation. They can also be your damnation. God has called us for our words to be different. The words that we say. It's so easy to get kid off. It's it's football season in the state of Alabama. Now, football is not a matter of life or death. It's much more important than that around here. And... um, and so, you know, we get caught up. We, we get caught up in things like trash talk. And we get caught up in things and we say things. And I do it. And you do it. And, and, we, and, and you know, it's one thing if Adam and I are joking around and, and, and talking about football. Adam, you know, is a huge Alabama fan. And if he and I are talking and cutting up, you know, we, if we love each other and I have put, I have put money, I, I have put uh, things in the love bank when my relationship with Adam and he knows that I, that, that I care about him, then, you know, if I say, you know, Alabama stinks or whatever, you know. I'm not good at trash talking. I just said we do it. Um, Adam knows that, you know, that's just, of course, Adam doesn't care anyway because that means it came from an Auburn fan, so it didn't matter. But, uh, but you know, if we have a relationship, then it doesn't, you know, it, it's, it's one thing. But we get so caught up in that kind of stuff, and we say things, and we just throw it out without even thinking. And it's not just, I mean, it's, it's everything, uh, you know, all kind of jokes and things, you know, today, so many of the jokes are about, you know, things that are, that, that are cut down, you know, we, we, sarcasm. It's the thing that we do, and we throw things out, and we try to be like that so much, and we don't even think about those consequences. Every idle word that comes out of your mouth. Now, some of you guys are thinking right now that I'm not coming next time Rick's out of town because this is just, I don't like this. Every idle word that comes out of our mouth. I read a really cool article this past week. Uh, the title grabbed me, and I read it thinking I was going to get angry at it. But it said, churches, please stop singing oceans in your services. You know, we sing the song Oceans, and it says, uh, um, uh, lead me out upon the waters. Uh, let, me, let your spirit take. Jamie sings it. I don't know the words. What is the <laughs> Spirit, lead me uh, where my faith. Spirit, lead me. Without borders, let me walk upon the waters wherever you may lead, wherever you may call me. And it talked about that. It said, churches, please stop singing this song. 
And, and so, you know, I thought, I thought this was going to be one of those, you know, one of those things that somebody with short hair probably wrote that you're not supposed to sing that kind of stuff. And so I read it and, and, and I started reading it, but what it said was this. It said, listen to the words, spirit lead me where my faith is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may lead me. We sing words like that in church. We sing words like your love, uh, your love is an ocean and I'm sinking. Take me deeper where your love washes over me. We say things like that and we sing them and we don't think about the words and we don't think that spirit lead me where my faith is without borders may look like giving money to the person that walks up to you at the gas station and says, I hate to bother you, but you guys have had those people come up. And most of the time, you're like me. I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have anything. And we, we turn. But I can't tell you the times that God has like thumped me in the back of the head after I said that and said, this is an opportunity for you to bless somebody. Now, I'm not saying every time. I'm saying that there are times that we have to be open. We say words like, God, lead me. Spirit, take me deeper. And yet we don't really want to go deeper. We just, you know, I just want to sing this song so they'll shut up so I can sit down and, and, and I can get home in time for the football game. Um, the words that we say. You see, it's not, just, it's not just the bad words and the wrong words. It's even the good words. It's the things that we do that we speak that we don't even think about. Uh, we, we were talking, uh, I was talking with some of the prayer team this morning. They were talking about what names mean. And they were talking about uh, this, her niece uh, was born this week and she's going to need surgery. And her name is Gianna. So when you guys are praying this week, if the name Gianna comes to you, just, just, just pray for that. Um, and Gianna means God, what is it? God is gracious. And she said, every time you speak that name over that child, you're saying God is gracious, Gianna, because that's what it means. Now, let me tell you, some of you guys are thinking, dude, you are one of them fruity musicians right now because you're talking. I'm telling you, words mean and carry meaning. Words, it's not just me, it's the Bible. They, they speak life. They speak death. They speak words over us. And we say things and we utter things. We're going to sing a song in just a few minutes, and it says, uh, I remind myself of all that you've done and the life I have because of your son. Now, here's the thing. We, say, we, we sing songs, and I've heard people ask this. We see things that, you know, we, we, we sing things, God, you are great. God, you are great. God, you are wonderful. God, you are holy. And we see, and, and I, I've actually had people, as a worship pastor, talking to people, had people say, um, you know, is God just some insecure person that wants us to say all these things, that he needs this? Let me tell you, God, does, God knows he's great, okay? God, God's like Bo Jackson. He knows he's awesome, okay? God is good. God is great. He knows how great he is. We need to hear you are wonderful. We need to hear you are mighty. We need to speak those words, to hear those words. Have you ever heard something so many times that you just believe it so? Like, if I were to say this morning, cleanliness is next to godliness, how many people think that's in the Bible, that's a scripture in the Bible? Growing up, I did, because I heard it so much, cleanliness is next to godliness. God, who, God helps those who help themselves. You know, neither one of those are scriptures in the Bible, but you hear it so much that you just begin to think, and if you didn't, you know, if you didn't study and you didn't know, you wouldn't know it was there. We need to hear those things because, you see, whatever it is that you hear, when you hear it over and over and over and over and over again, it simply starts to become truth to you, whether it's real or whether it's not. If you're told that 
The rain falls because uh, if you grew up several thousand years ago and you were told that the rain falls because the God of the sky opens up and decides to bless us with waters, and so if we sacrifice young virgins, then that will happen. If you hear it over and over and over again, it became truth to these people and it became their culture. We need to make it our culture. We need to speak those words to our children. My mom, my mom told me over and over again, God, uh, that, that all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. That was her verse that she, all, all my life. And I grew up, and so I knew that when anything happened, if something happened to me that wasn't what I wanted, in my mind, because I heard it over and over and over, I knew all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. I love God, and I know I'm called, so God must not want me to have this particular thing at this time. Now, you may think that's weird, but for me, it changed the entire mindset of the way I thought about things. Instead of, instead of thinking God must not like me or there is no God or, or I, want, I don't know why I never get things, I just thought God must have something better in store for me. When good things fell my way, all things worked together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. My mother spoke that over me, and she spoke that to me, and she said that to me, and it became ingrained that it became truth. And every time, and even to this day, in my mid-40s, I know that whenever something happens, that, that, that if it happens, it must happen because God loves me, and I love him, and he has called me, and therefore he has something in a plan for me. The Bible says he knew me. I was knitted together in my mother's womb. He knew me before I was ever born. From the very foundations, he knew who you were. All things work together. These words, these idle words that we speak and we throw out there, they mean so much because what they really do is they bring this to us. Uh, James 3, 7 through 12, that next verse says, This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father, and with the same tongues, we curse the very men and women He made in His image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this cannot go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? My friends, uh, you're, you're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water. My friends, this cannot go on. A spring doesn't gush. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear water. It, it, it printed that twice. God is calling us and telling us that the words that we speak, he wants us that our words, the words that we say, the things that we do, we need to be what he wants us to be. You see, what we want to do too often is we want to speak and talk when we're here and speak and talk another way here. When I come to church on Sunday morning, I need to learn my Christianese and say things. And that's why you'll hear us, we, we, we try at 2911 to not use those kind of, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, the Christianese, the things that we, the, 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 the words that we use as Christians over and over. Um, several years ago in Integrity, uh, the, this, the, the recording company that does, they used to do a lot of worship stuff. They were one of the pioneers in it. Integrity Music, uh, they used to challenge their worship leaders. They would fine them a dollar every time they said, Hallelujah, when they were recording a worship set, because we use that in Christians as a worship leader, having come up in that as a worship leader, hallelujah is the same as um or you know, because if we don't know what to say, you guys, you're talking to people, glad to be here this morning, hallelujah, 
Anybody got, you know, it, it, God done anything for anybody? Praise the Lord. You know, um, you know, it, it's, the, it's things we do, and so they challenge it because as Christians, we begin to do that. God wants you to take that and be the same way here and be the same way out there. Because when we begin to do that, you want to know the world hates, hates the church. You, all you got to do is watch the news, and it becomes obvious that they watch television, watch some of the things. They cast us in a light that is not, that, that is not very pleasing and that's not very good. And here's the reason. It's not because we are so Christ-like that they don't know. It's because for the majority of the church, we are hypocrites. We live one way and talk one way here with our brothers, and we act a different way and talk another way on the interstate, in our offices, on our construction sites. Every idle word that we speak, when we're out there and we tell a joke and we think, well, there are no ladies around, so we can talk about this on the construction job. When, when we're ladies, when we're sharing prayer requests or gossiping, as it's called in the Bible sometimes, <laughs> and we're talking those things, every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Guys, we're just, we gossip just as bad as women do. We just call it something else, you know. We, we, we call it different things. We do these things, and God has told us this cannot go on. Whatever it is that he's called us to do, that's what he wants us to do. And he's called us to be separate. And he's called us to be set apart because he has a great thing for us to do. This church, Church 2911, has a mission. Church 2911 has a goal, and that is, number one, to reach the unchurched and the de-churched. Those in our community who quite often They've left church usually because they've been hurt often by words. Those who have never been in church, they've never known. Our job is not to go and, and, and try to get people, you know, if we could be a little more contemporary, maybe people from this church will come, to, come like us. If we could do this a little bit better, that church makes sense. Of it. We're not concerned with people who come from other churches. We want the community to reach the 20,000 or more in the, Jeff in the northern Jefferson County area that do not affiliate themselves with any church. We want to make such a difference so that people come to this church, not because we are so awesome. We are awesome. I mean, you know, there, there are some awesome people in this church. Not me necessarily, but there are some, you know, we have an awesome worship team. Our worship pastor is somebody that I, that I adore. The wonderful, godly person. Our pastor is a man that I respect He's one of my mentors. We have people and leaders in this, in this building. I, I could go and name person after person who give up and do things. I think this church is, it is, I, I tweeted or I put on Facebook last night, this is my favorite church in the world, and that's absolutely true. But it's not because this place is so awesome, but we want people to be so impressed because we love like Jesus loves. That the words that we speak we still correct, and we tell people, you know, this may not be the most healthy thing for you. Remember the doctor. You don't want the guy that says you're fat. You want the guy that says, you know, you could live longer if you lost a little bit of weight. We want to be those people. We want to be the ones that reach out and not feel, not feel so led to point out everyone else's faults, but be the one to point out, you know what? Jesus loves you just like you are. You know what? I, at one time, was so lost and, and, and there were things in my life, and God loved me, 
even while I was, the Bible says that while I was still lost in sin, he loved me. Those are the words. That's the way Jesus loved. Jesus saved the harsh criticism. Go back and read the scriptures. Jesus read, he, he saved those harsh criticisms for the Christians, the people inside the church, the religious leaders, the one who knew the law and the one who tried to exploit it for their benefit. Those are the ones that Jesus called out. The ones that were brought in in, in the midst of sin, Jesus said, let, he who, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And he wrote something in the ground, and I don't know what he wrote. I like to think maybe he wrote, maybe he started writing sins, just various sins in the ground, lust, greed, pride, stealing. And people began to be convicted. I don't know what he wrote. Maybe he wrote names of people, and they began to, it brought things to their mind. Whatever it was, he wrote something in the ground, and he stood up, and he said, whoever doesn't have sin, you guys throw the first rock at this girl. And they all dropped their rocks, and they left. And he said, where's all your accusers at? She said, they've gone. He said, I'm not going to accuse you either. Go and don't do it anymore. He didn't say, you're a harlot and I really should stone you to death, but I'm going to have mercy because I'm God and I'm kind of cool like that. He said, I'm not going to condemn you either. Go and don't do it again. Don't mess up again. And he let her go. Jesus wants us to be Jesus. This was a Jeannie Mayo said this years ago, and, she, and it stuck with me. He wants me to be Jesus in a Jeff suit everywhere I go. People see Jeff, but they interact with Jesus. People see me, but they feel Jesus. And that's what God has called us to be. It doesn't matter if you're called to be a minister. It doesn't matter if you're a worship pastor. It doesn't matter if you're a construction worker or you clean houses or you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is that you do. He wants you to be Jesus to those people that you come in contact with. The words that we speak, the wings that we do, He wants those to exude Him. Church 2911 exists to reach our community with the hope, the hope of God, the hope that, you know what? We're not good enough, but God loved me anyway, and God makes me good enough. To be a place for those who have been hurt by the church, often by words. People that are in our community who have been in a church and, and, and they've been hurt. Let me tell you what, church people can sometimes be the meanest. And I say that, I, I, I've been in church my entire life. My dad was a deacon, my grandfather was a pastor, my mom sang in the choir. I've been in church, I, I often joke, I was born on Saturday in a church on Sunday. And it almost was that way my entire life. Church people can be mean. I've been mean before. I know church people can be mean. Church 2911 exists to be a place that people who have dealt with those mean church people can feel Jesus' love. To be a church of people who walk the walk and talk what we believe and what Scripture calls us to. Now this morning, I hope that these things, all these things come together and you're challenged when you leave here that you know what? My words need to change. As I was putting this together, Rick talked to me a few weeks ago, and I started doing. I started putting this together, and God put this in my heart, and I've been working on it for about you know a couple of weeks. And and, and let me tell you, He's convicted me. 
over and over again. On a job site, when I'm, when, 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 when I'm having to get on to somebody, if I'm running a, a job and something's not going on and I'm having to tell somebody what to do, you need to be like Jesus when you correct that person. When, when I'm on the interstate and people cut me up, you people are going to think I'm a hateful driver. The way I, talk, I keep using this one. <laughs> when you're on the interstate and people cut you off or they don't let you over, things happen. You don't need to talk like that. I don't care if nobody else is in the car. I'm in the car. This is what God says. I'm here. When, when I have opportunities to talk to somebody, you ever talk to that person? And they're boring, and they have bad breath, and they're a real close talker. And Jesus is like, hold your nose, but be nice. <laughs> Change your words. Offer a mint. <laughs> God has called us, and I hope it challenges you that our words, we, it cannot go on. We cannot continue to speak blessings and cursings out of the same mouth. We can't bless, come and bless the God, the creator of the universe, and curse the men, the very men and women he created in his image. That is what is going to reach our world when, when our walk and our talk begin to line up. And when we go out to the community, you know what? People aren't looking for perfection. They're looking for compassion. They're not looking for people that go out and, and, and do everything perfectly and make no mistakes. They're looking for people who are honest enough to say, I make mistakes, but I'm sorry. My wife and I are fixing to celebrate our 25th anniversary coming up in, in a, a couple of weeks. And um, I learned early on in my marriage, <laughs> I can be right or I can be happy. And so... Let me tell you two words that as a, as a husband and as a father have done me great, great things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There are times that I don't know what I'm apologizing for. I'm sorry. Because I know that I say things without even thinking sometimes. And sometimes I just have to stop and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I hurt you. I'm sorry that my words came across wrong. You see, that's the really cool thing is that you're probably going to continue to say words because the Bible says nobody can tame the tongue. It's never been done. So you're probably not going to get it right and be perfect next week or the next week or the next week, maybe a year. You know, I don't know. You're probably not ever going to get it perfected. But you learn how to say, I just want you to know I'm sorry that I came across like a jerk. I've had a bad day. Um, you know, things were going on, and I shouldn't have fussed at you like that. You're not stupid. You're, you're brilliant. Um, you know, you just messed up, and I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. God wants us to love like he loves. So here's what we're going to do. If the prayer team would come on and, and head this way. We're going to come down and close at the front like we like to do. If you're a first-time visitor and it kind of freaks you out or creeps you out, you don't want to come, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to do anything weird. Or, um, but, you know, you could, if, if you don't want to, that's okay. But our prayer team is going to come. And, and here's what these guys, they have lanyards and they're here. And here's what they're going to do. They're available that if you need prayer this morning, if you came in this place and you have a need.
these guys are here to pray for you because we believe that words have life and words speak death. And we believe that we can pray and we can agree together and that God can call us to do that. So if you would, the rest of you would come down and join us in the front. These guys are here and available to pray. If you have a need this morning, they want, they want to pray with you. We prayed together this morning and these guys are here and they're ready to pray and to help you. And if not, these guys, they're fixing to, they're fixing to sing a song and they're fixing to talk about words and reminding ourselves of all that God has done. And don't, until we're through praying, don't. But I, I challenge you this morning, just, just do like I do, this, like I have this week. And it, you don't have to ask much because God just kind of, for me, I had a lot. And it was easy for God to throw them back in my mind. Things that we say, things that we do, words that we throw out without even thinking, things that we, we hurt people. We say things that are mean and cruel sometimes because we're hurt. And we take it out on those around us. Let me tell you something. God, God loves you this morning. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. God, I don't care, I don't care what sin, what atrocity you've committed. God loves you with all of his heart. And he loves you so much that he gave his own son to die so that you could not just live, but that you could live life to the fullest. That's what the Bible says. That's not my words. That's what the Bible says. So this morning as we begin to pray, I challenge you right where you are just to, just to begin to say, God, help me to tame my tongue. God, help me to change the way I say things. Help my words to speak life and not to bring death. God, we come into you.